0: Remember back when you were in high school and you were supposed to make these huge life decisions about where to go and what to do with your life, but you actually had no clue yet. Yeah, and it wasn't just about where to go to college or what to do for work. All those questions were actually about who you are and who you want to be. Well, what if there was a way for students in high school to get clear about all those big questions in life about their identity, their purpose, and their core relationships? Welcome to the U School Podcast. We believe inside of everyone is a great story waiting to be told. Hey, everybody, this is Scott Schimmel, U School Podcast. We're back, it's 2020, and I'm here, good friend, mentor, also somebody that serves on what we call our school impact team. And you have a title. And the title is, I had to look it up again. <laughs> okay. It's good to know. Cultural Architect for Flourishing Schools. This is Brad Lickman. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself, but uh, let's just say career educator, teacher. That's your heart and core. And uh, and I had a great career in schools. So we're talking today about school culture. Would you, would you share a little bit for those of us who don't know much about you? Uh, uh, why are we talking about school culture? Why is it important? Why is this a, a topic we should spend time thinking about and talking about?
1: Well, first of all, Scott, you know, I've been retired officially for a few years now. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually put together a resume for since early, maybe, 2002. Okay. But if I had that title, well, that might have got <laughs> somebody's attention. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. So that's my title. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's a, a powerful good title. It's, it's true Cultural
0: Architect for Flourishing Schools.
1: You know, I like that. Mm-hmm. And you, you ask uh, why culture is important. Um, you know, I served as principal of two different high schools in Samuel County. My first one was at Grossmont High School out in East County. And then I had the privilege of helping to open, plan, and open Mission Hills High School in San Marcos. So, Labor of Love served there for about eight years uh, mm-hmm. before getting bumped up to uh, help lead a large um, unified district. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, and even before that, as I became an assistant principal out of the classroom, um, I evolved my thinking of what are the true priorities hmm. for a, an educational leader, for a school leader, either at the site or at the district. Okay. Um, because we're faced with so many priorities, especially high school principals. I mean, it's yeah. if, I, if any of you are high school principals or assistant principals, mm-hmm. principals listening, or even teachers that interact with um, school admin teams, you mm-hmm. know that we faced many, many priorities. What do we yep. pay attention to? Yeah. And I didn't start out with thinking that school culture was my number one priority, but I have to tell you, I ended up okay. believing.
0: Why didn't you at the, the start? Do you think?
1: Well, because uh, when you when you leave the classroom and. In the classroom, the teacher's responsibility, I have X number of kids. At high school, you could have uh, 150 kids in traditionally five classes, whatever. Um, And your your focus is on how can I shape this learning experience so these kids will flourish in my content area and do well and be able to you know, move on to the next level, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When you leave that environment with that, that focus and you become a school-wide leader, all sorts of things pop up from school safety to how mm. to support athletics to student activities to budgets to master schedules. It's like you're really you're leaping into this whole new area and and there's your time is not, no longer defined. by a 50 minute or a two hour period it's anything could happen at any time and so it's often a reactive environment okay and as long as I served there was still that I did not know how my days would end up yeah I mean I had a plan right but over the course of my 20 plus years in school leadership had to figure out within that almost a chaotic Uh environment, if you're listening to this, you people out there, you'll know, there's an element of chaos to it, is how do you pick the things that you need to stay focused on? Hmm. And um, so it's a long answer to your question, but I think I ended up a bit wiser on how to pick. And it all sort of coalesced around focusing on school culture as the number one priority. Um, what is school culture okay well culture is a sort of a broad term and we can maybe try to s- begin snoozing a little bit when we hear that word culture yeah yeah so here's this guy he's going to talk about culture but culture whether it's orga- it's organizational culture or community culture it's really what defines how we live our lives the values that we have the vision Mm-hmm. that we have for how to live our lives. It's culture defines how we make decisions, how mm-hmm. we interact with others. It's an all-encompassing. I like to see it as an all-encompassing concept mm-hmm. for how a community actually lives. That's what culture is.
0: I've always said it's the way we do things around here.
1: Well, that's much more succinctly. It's the mm-hmm. way it's the way we do things, but it's also what we believe. Yeah. And what we believe yep. defines yep. how and why we do things. So culture fundamentally is derived from uh, values—what okay. we believe to be true and important about the way to live.
0: Those are—I mean, those are uh, abstract concepts.
1: Yes, they can be seen as abstract, mm-hmm. but they but that's—and that Scott is one reason. Why school leaders can't afford to pay much attention to culture because it's in one way it's very abstract. Yeah. I mean, I've got parents, I've got teachers, I've right. got kids, I got thousands of yeah. teenagers.
0: Meetings to attend. Oh
1: my yeah. gosh! People say, "What do you do, high school principal?" And they, roll, they go, "Oh my gosh, that got to be hard." Yeah. Right. So yeah, 2,700 <laughs> teenagers every day. <laughs> like, I wasn't bored in five minutes. Yeah. So so when you're dealing with an abstraction. Uh-huh. When you can't be bored because there's so many decisions you have to make all the time, yep. we can shove away the abstract. yep, but that's our loss, okay, which you might ask why or yeah why, yeah. Why, yeah.
0: why? Why is that the loss? why so why is culture the most
1: important thing? Um, because culture's the foundation upon which all other activities, actions, and decisions okay are and should be made that actual, culture actually it exists it's the,
0: abstract but it is oh, real
1: it's absolutely real yeah. it's as real as um the desk you're sitting at the person you're talking to the kid who you're serving the parent mm-hmm. who co- it's absolutely as real mm-hmm. you cannot get around it. the degree that we know it and can name it and define yeah. it mm-hmm. is i believe and I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've lived through a whole lot yeah. I've lived through a whole lot. To the degree that we know it and define it and pay attention to it, I will argue is the only or most, well, certainly the most significant mm. focal area for how to bring about significant success in a school environment. It's the most important thing yeah. to pay attention to to get students to thrive.
0: Okay, there you go. I was just gonna ask, why? Why is it most important to get students to end? Because,
1: <laughs> because I'm a firm believer, Scott, um, in keeping the end in mind. Yeah. I mean, as teachers, yes. we have objectives. Yes. We have lesson objectives. Uh-huh. We have an end in mind, whether it's testable or not. Yep. All of our lessons, all of our actions are focused with this vision of an end result. It's
0: backwards mapping backwards map yeah we have to get them to pass this test at a certain date yeah and we're starting this date so we have to reverse engineer it.
1: exactly but mm-hmm. i'm a new assistant mm-hmm. principal or even a new principal yeah i don't have the time to backward map right. i'm trying to keep my head above water Yeah. i've got so many pressures on me to keep a school functioning to keep it working uh, well mm-hmm. to keep it at well-oiled machine it's really hard yeah to backward map Yes, Because we are, we are trying to make things function here today.
0: And those are critical things you have to pay attention to. Uh, you can't skip. What are the things you can't skip as, a, as an admin leader?
1: Well, let's backward map. Okay. What's the goal of education? Mm-hmm. What's the goal? What's the purpose?
0: Well, some would say learning. Some would say to get to the next step. Some would say, probably what you and I would say is for people to flourish
1: yes it's so that human beings flourish which Mm -hmm. is a wonderful conversation Mm -hmm. I mean how much staff time is taken about taken up with human flourishing (laughs) dialogue about human flourishing yeah Yeah, yeah. but we can say we want to graduate as a high school person right we want to graduate um, capable and skilled young adults I mean that's a that's a that's good yep Um, ability to flourish I mean that's a what that really means and how to pay attention to that um, is a critical feature of what we do yeah and um, and I would have having been through lots of school environments and having worked with lots of school administrators that that actual dialogue gets shoved aside hmm. and uh, to the detriment because yeah. I'll say one more thing hmm. about flourishing it's it's Absolutely about transformation. Hmm. We are in the transformation business. Yeah. Okay. So I would say to anybody who's listening to this right now, let's recognize we're in the transformation business.
0: Yeah. Which is different than saying we are in the business of educating students. Sure. Because... It takes you in a different direction.
1: Because Yes. We're in the mm-hmm. same ballpark, mm-hmm. but when we talk about expecting transformation, we actually expect it. Yes. That requires change. Yep. And in order, some would say, one of my expertise is changing culture, Mm -hmm. is bringing about transformational change. Yep. And I've worked in a couple of high school environments Mm -hmm. which were, they were perceived objectively by most people as healthy environments. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. Good people. Yeah. Kids are generally good. Right, um, and when you bring up the concept of well, we need to change, that raises some eyebrows. What wow, we're, we're doing uh, a good uh, job. Yeah, I'll argue as educators, we're in the business of transformation. We're always in the business of transformation. Right. Okay. So, which is I get it.
0: So does good get you to transformation?
1: Good gets good. Good. <laughs> I'm not a fan of good. I'm not a fan of good. Yeah. I mean, I remember reading the book in the '80s, and I'm an older guy mm-hmm. right now. It's called "Good to Great." Yeah, famous book in the '80s. You know, yeah. if you haven't read it, you go back. But it's mm-hmm. a, it's about flourishing organizations and how they chose great over good. Yeah, because they expected great. Now, do we as school leaders expect great, or do mm-hmm. we expect good? So that's mm-hmm. um, you know that yeah. you ask. If there are all sorts of reasons why we try to steer away from expecting great. Yeah, there's lots of obstacles to expecting great.
0: One thing, the, uh, there's a management grid for time, time management called the tyranny of the urgent. Have
1: you heard of that? Yes.
0: I think when you're sharing that about all the different priorities and the competing uh, initiatives, the things you have to do, what actually gets on your calendar? It's, I would imagine, uh, urgent things. Things I have to pay attention to. Yes. In addition to things that I always do because it's on my calendar. Yes. Or maybe a supervisor has required my presence at something.
1: Yes. Now, principals, high school principals benefit from being a little more insulated from the tyranny of the urgent than, let's say, assistant principals. Because they are the ones managing urgent. Typical model for high schools, large high schools Mm -hmm. with thousands of students is that assistant principals are the first line of admin mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. They deal with the the stuff that crops up immediately. Right. right. Um, principals, on the other hand, uh, uh, have more opportunity to think globally and yeah. to plan accordingly. So our lives are uh, still fundamentally defined by being responsive to what's going mm-hmm. on, but we have more luxury to um, to think more strategically as opposed to tactically, uh-huh. so we're less as high school principals. Most of us would say we are less defined by a tyranny of the urgent.
0: So, we we started in this conversation about how you learned this in your career that culture is the most important thing. And now, just as you're talking about what a principal, uh, you know, fundamentally we need to be responsive but also strategic. Uh, how how does a principal learn to do that? I think I'm kind of fishing for a question too. It doesn't sound like this is what you were taught in your admin school. This well, is something that all, you this, discovered over time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can talk to I mean, if there are any administrators out there. What yeah. you learn in admin school, you probably lost. You've forgotten the first day yeah. of being an administrator. Yeah. I mean, you don't actually um, the stuff that you learn going to college to get an admin yeah. cr- credential. At least in my experience, right, um, was not significant. Mm-hmm. It's boots on the ground mm-hmm. um, learning. So um, I, I would say that uh, what we learn practically is that we have to prioritize what to pay attention to. Okay, we have to prioritize. We all we yeah. do it automatically.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you do it implicitly, whether you're aware of it or not.
1: We do, uh-huh. but we don't often talk about it as admin teams. Okay. We we often are very busy uh-huh. paying attention to the important stuff of yeah. making this highly complex small city uh-huh. actually function. There are lives on the line. Right. People need help. Yeah. I get all that. Yeah. It's a very busy life. Yep. So um, in some ways, it'll look like an inner city police squad room at times. I mean, you've right. got motion everywhere. Right. Um, so how do, you, how do you pay attention to the things that matter? Hmm. Um, the first is you have, we school leaders, mm-hmm. um, speaking to principals, because mm-hmm. this is our job, yeah. we have to have a clear vision. Yeah. We have to have a clear vision. Principals need to have a clear vision of a, an outcome, a set of outcomes mm-hmm. that are reflectively different than they are right now. Okay. Okay, so that requires two things. One, that we have a vision, which is a part hope and dream and part truly connected with reality. Mm-hmm. And the other is we have a clear assessment of where we are right now. Okay. And principals do this, we have plans, we've got goals, we've got objectives, there's district stuff, there's board stuff, so we do this. But principals need to be clear on and own the vision. And where that vision comes from, Mm -hmm. and here's what I learned, Scott, Mm -hmm. that the missions and the visions which are general, Mm -hmm. which we do to support our regular yep. school report cards and our yep. single plans and all that kind of stuff. If a principal doesn't own that vision uh-huh. and sell it uh-huh. all the time, yeah. preach it, sell it, own right. it, and I'll say secondarily where that vision comes from. Hmm. So it's not enough to have a clear vision. Okay, And this is, I learned this, part way through my career as principal. Because I had vision, mm-hmm. but I didn't connect them with core values.
0: Okay, what do you mean?
1: What do I mean by core values? Mm-hmm. We all have core values. It's a compass. Okay. We all have a compass. It says, <clears throat> I believe this thing to be true and I pay attention to it. I value this thing. Yes. I value certain things what do i value most and as a principal or an assistant principal or a teacher what do i what are the core values and i'm I'm not talking about 10 values i'm talking about two
0: and you're not talking about what a school an organization might pick as values like we're gonna uh we're gonna have integrity pursuit of excellence you're not talking about those kinds of values no you're talking about what drives you
1: well, uh, yeah, yeah, and part of it's semantics. And we have sure. to change the way we yeah, yeah. think mm-hmm. and use language. Yep. And I, 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 don't, I, wanna, I need to labor on this for just a moment. Yeah. Because you said pursue excellence. Uh-huh. Or create um, competent yes. members of a global society. Right. Lifelong
0: yep. learners. Lifelong learners. Yeah. Okay. Self-driven. So something. tell me
1: exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. I don't have a value of pursuing anything.
0: Yeah,
1: I have a value in believing something right now. Yeah, I mean, how do I how do I how do I um, measure pursuit? Mm-hmm. A value should be measured. Mm-hmm. It's measurable. Principles are data people. Yeah. Let's let's measure mm-hmm. and let's create metrics for actually so how we communicate our values. So mm-hmm. I would say two or three core values which define what you believe to be fundamentally true about the work that you do. Yeah.
0: Yep. Fundamental truths. They're fundamental truths. So if you're listening to this, here's an exercise, you know, can you, because because as you said earlier, everybody has core values, but I would say most people don't know what they are. Most people have not taken the reflective time to articulate, to, to do some mining, to do some searching, and then to be able to articulate them in a way that's clear and coherent. So if you're listening to this, what are your fundamental truths? What do you hold to be most true and most important?
1: Great question. You go in a lot of classrooms, they'll have, classrooms will have posted, here are the values of this classroom. Yeah. They're basically behavioral values. Right, Respect right. one another, listen. Don't cheat. And so most of us, we would value something like honesty. Yeah. I mean, who's going to say, I, right. I value, value lies? <laughs> go, so most people, yeah, I can wrap my head. We want to be honest. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Everybody values it. Uh-huh. Or most people would say, we value peace over violence. Mm-hmm. I don't value violence. Right. I don't wake up in the morning. I'm going to be a violent person. Right. That's I want most to be important a, to yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. So I think we can name a lot of values yeah. that we have. But um, I, I learned the hard way. Hmm. On uh, how to refine the values, and then how to use them hmm. to create a culture that transformed a school into something that no one predicted could be true. Okay. No one believed it could be true. So that's a. You actually said this can't happen.
0: You just opened up the mystery. <laughs> the mystery box is now sitting on the table. What? What did you learn?
1: Well, I, again, I learned the hard way. You <laughs> yeah. know, you know. By the time you're a principal, you're probably a fairly smart person. You're uh-huh. educated. You were a teacher, you might have done other things like coach or be a, whatever. You yeah. know, this broad Very background, involved, and you were an assistant principal mm-hmm. typically. So you've been a school leader, or if you're mm-hmm. an assistant principal, you've. So you know a lot. And when I was a, a first and second year principal at Grossmont um, in my early 40s, mm-hmm. Um, I I knew a lot. I'd led a lot, I'd had a lot of experience, educational consultant, I'd been at all levels in in admin, Um, and I really thought I knew how to uh, focus and run a school. Okay. So, um, and I got a a good school. Yeah. An older school, uh, somewhat of an older staff. Uh Uh-huh. School been around since 1920. it was the it was the oldest school, 11 school district, at Grossmont High School. It yeah. had a great heritage, great traditions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it done well. Um, and so I proceeded to start learning my job. At the end of my first year, principal, I thought, What have I done? I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> and if there's any principals out here at the end of yeah. your first year, you got to laugh because yeah. the leap from teacher to vice principal, you think is big. The leap to actually huh. have you're the you're the person, yeah. the one person, with a target on your back of decision making. So, um, but a series of uh, uh, unfortunate incidences mm-hmm. occurred at that school which called, which uh, struck me down hmm. and said I had to rethink hmm. how to actually run the school
0: community. Because this isn't working. Because it's not working. Because it's a good school.
1: It's a good school.
0: And we don't want and a good school. And we're failing. Yeah, good In equals failing.
1: Good good was no longer working. Huh. And it was exposed through tragedy. Yeah. Through a series of tragedies, it exposed that good was not good enough. Mm. And um, I mean, I'm not gonna go into a lengthy story, but anybody listening to this, I had five suicides in 11 months. Wow. And those five suicides in uh, the end of 2000 and through 2001, Coincided with two school shootings at mm. neighboring schools where um, uh, four of those suicides were in that, three of the suicides were in that actual two week period of school shootings. Wow. I have told a parent in a uh, Taco Bell booth that her son had died in the arms of a vice principal mm. that I had trained. Um, and then uh, the fifth suicide came two days after 9 11. And in that wow. time period, wow. it, what was exposed, I was losing the school. People were weeping, teachers and students didn't want to come to school. I realized we did not have some foundational structures in our school to hold us together uh, through tough times. Hmm. So course of the next year and a half, I learned a lot about how to um, focus on core values, pay attention to Hmm. them, to really create, recreate an environment where everybody could flourish in the face of uh, constant challenges. So then coming up to Mission Hills and starting that and actually taking from San Marcos High School, similar school like Grossmont and and actually saying, we're about transforming from the ground up. Mm. So we started Mm -hmm. with a couple of core values and paying attention to them and in a relatively short amount of time, people said it wasn't possible.
0: It's not my doing. Wasn't possible because of the community you were in, because of...
1: Yeah, we were a very diverse community uh-huh. with staff who had not had good leadership. Okay. And, uh, and I said, we're gonna challenge ourselves to do great things, and we're gonna hold ourselves to the highest standards. That's one core value. Yeah. It's high standards yep. for everybody. Two, two core values. The other was we will be nurturing and caring and loving, because they both counterbalance one another, everything we do, issues from those two core values, our Mm. vision issues from those two core values. So, and every staff meeting, Mm. basically concentrates on those two core values. And then together as teams, creating teams to pay attention to those values and creating vision around those values. We became the highest performing school of diversity in mm. San Diego County in four years, five years. Um, uh, we were a five-five school in AP mm. in the API. Uh, we were a nine-ten school uh, in five years and um, highest possible accreditations multiple times, mm. uh, recognized by the state of California because kids were flourishing and teachers were flourishing mm. and it was a great joy. Teachers wanted to come to work. Mm. they we learned how to deal with you know you get kids who are underperforming and they have all these special needs Um, we figured out we didn't solve everything we were not a perfect school yeah but because we paid attention created teams around those Mm. values and vision um, it that school became a great place to be Mm. Um, and in the course of that I learned a whole lot I still am learning yeah and it's all about culture
0: Go A couple of things just to pull apart. High standards and nurturing, caring, and loving, those two core values. How did you walk us through? How did you come up? How did you get to that? How did you get to that? Those are fundamentally most important in terms of the, what we're trying to do.
1: Well, high standards is a no-brainer. Okay. Because schools are run on standards. Okay, yep. So everybody in a school environment wants high standards. Mm-hmm. Now, how you actually expect kids to work at a high level mm-hmm. is an interesting conversation huh. because of all the challenges we have as educators facing very diverse yeah. communities of kids. So from going from this belief that we expect great things from one hundred percent of our kids. I mean, we had kids in our in our school that were too fed. I mean that yeah. Non-verbal. Yeah. What, what? How do you create a, a standards based environment right. for the least functioning uh, human beings in our environment? Yeah. To kids that are going to Harvard and Yale and Stanford, mm-hmm. and treat them all equally. Mm-hmm. So, having a conversation mm-hmm. about how to implement high standards, and actually for adults. Yeah. So that we all expect great things. You. You need. So I'll speak to that first. You need teams of people. Okay. We had interlacing teams. Every person was on multiple teams. And when you have conversations about how do we hold ourselves to high expectations mm-hmm. for our own work, um, those are interesting conversations. Yeah. So, but that's the easy one. Mm-hmm. Because we're a standards-based environment. It's right. still hard. Right. The second one, nurturing. Glow. Oh, mm. my. <laughs> um, Typical high school, you have I don't know seven, eight, nine departments, which are organized based on content areas. Sure. And uh, so they or- they're self-organized around math or science or physical education, whatever. Mm-hmm. Languages, English, history, social science. Um, first of all, we break those apart and say that we're all organized around one thing. One thing. Okay. The football coach believes this as much as the art teacher, believes it as much as the math teacher. Uh-huh. We're here to care about kids. Okay. We share one thing, we're here to care about kids.
0: We're here to care about kids. We're here
1: to care about kids. Yep. We All own the same kid, it doesn't matter what content, I'm not an English teacher, Yep. I'm not a math teacher, I'm not a football coach, right. I'm here to take care of children. Yep. And we share that in common. And care for kids, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And we care for one another, Hmm. equally. We don't hoard resources. We don't try to hoard budgets, we share. Hmm. We learn to share and work as teams around common objectives, and part of that is care. I care what you think. I'm a math teacher, I wanna go into an English teacher's classroom and watch how an English teacher teaches Hmm. English, and vice versa. Because I care, I care about my colleague. I wanna know, I wanna know Here's, I learned this, Scott, mm. as a principal. I want to know what you hope for and what you are anxious about. Mm. My goodness, if each person on a high school campus had some idea what their colleagues, whether they're teachers, the custodian, the um, a counselor, the receptionist, what you hope for and what, you, what you're anxious about. Mm. That's great. You know, if we all knew that, think about a marriage. Yeah. You don't know what your spouse is hopeful for right. and anxious about? Right. Rocky Road. Yeah. <laughs> so caring, nurturing means I look out for someone else. Mm. That means I have to get out from underneath my own little bailiwick mm-hmm. and I have to give up Take some initiative. Autonomy, thank you, take initiative, listen, inquire, care. Um, and that takes attention. And then... How much, How do we show we care for kids? Hmm. Same way. How do we show as teachers that we actually care for all kids? Yep. that's
0: not easy. Yeah, the phrase that sticks out to me in the last couple months—I don't know which student said this to me—but she said, "I would love to know that my teachers are genuinely interested in who I am." And that phrase—Are you gen? That's just been—that's been challenging to me, and it's been helpful to me. Am I? Am I showing? One, do I have genuine interest? Two, am I showing and demonstrating that I have genuine interest in who you are? And as you labeled, what do you hope for and what are you anxious about? Imagine if that's what everybody did.
1: Uh, which brings up the classic stereotype of elementary teachers versus high school teachers and middle school teachers. You're a breed apart, and I, yes, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I. God bless you. Um, but uh, I'll speak, the classic stereotype is that elementary teachers teach kids and high school teachers teach stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Often high school teachers go into teaching because they love the content. It was their right. major in college. Yeah. I love math. I love right. history. I'm going to be a history teacher. I'm going to yeah. be a science teacher. Yep. Yeah. So we teach stuff. Hmm. So how to get high school teachers to say, I'm hmm. teaching kids and stuff is secondary. Yeah. Is, a, is a challenge. Yep. Um, it's It requires stepping out of the comfort zone. Hmm. Um, and you bring up uh, how does a teacher show they care about kids? I have to tell a great little anecdote, mm-hmm. and um, I'll even mention a name because she's on my, my pantheon of mm-hmm. most exceptional teachers. Her name was Peggy Ormsby. I was a vice principal of Valhalla High School, okay. new vice principal, and I got to know Peggy, who's a rock star teacher. She taught mm-hmm. um, humanities, the history side of humanities. But I learned quickly that this is over the top, yeah. She took the yearbook home. She taught juniors. She took the yearbook home over summer and she got her class lists whenever, you know, August sometime. Uh-huh. And she memorized the face of every kid. And
0: uh-huh.
1: She had like 150 kids. Uh-huh. And the first day of school, she stood outside the door and said, um, You're welcome to my classroom, Susan. Hmm. Hey, Jim. Glad you're here. Yeah. Hey, Joey. Wow. We're gonna have a great year. Every single one. Huh. Guess what? Do you think they wanted to learn history? Yeah. They loved learning history yeah. because the teacher took the time to know their names. I mean, great. I, I don't, I'm not saying everybody can do this, but right. that's symbolic yep. of a teacher who cared yep. and that those kids who in another class, yep. and I'll say this, I, I surveyed multiple times, I surveyed students, hmm. put them on video,
0: Mhm.
1: Um, rigged it up I took kids that represented every every yeah, different school the practice club <laughs> all athletes goth yeah um, you know uh, nerds um, uh, special ed mm-hmm. um, a representative like 20 of them and we put them on a panel and asked them questions we prepped them you mm-hmm. know say this is what to think about what what makes you want to learn in the classroom. Okay. And what keeps you from learning in a classroom? Principals out there, hmm. I get, we, can, we can help you do this. Yes, right. This um, is something we can do. Um, and it's one thing I advise is, and then we uh, we did some editing and then displayed that to the staff. Hmm. We said to the kids, don't mention any name. Just mention culture of the classroom. Hmm. Culture of classroom. Environment. Yeah. Define it. Yep. What makes you want to learn? Hmm. What makes you want to come to class? Yep. They all said the same thing. What What makes you not want to learn? They all said the same thing. Hmm. It all comes down to culture. Comes to who they are, who the teacher is, yeah. the relationship between teacher and yeah. t- same thing between administrators and teachers.
0: Right. What makes you or want to, come to work? Yeah. Is yeah. the
1: principal pulling weeds? Mm-hmm. It's the principal picking up trash. Mm-hmm. Yep, Greeting. Principal's no important than the custodian. Mm-hmm. So, it's a lot about humility, and um, hmm. there's another thing we talk about a lot, and that's no bystander behavior. No yeah. bystander behavior. If you see somebody who's hurting, a kid, a staff member, how can we come around and support them? Hmm. And when that culture builds, and it takes intention, it takes focus, it takes a lot of work, yeah. within two or three years of paying attention, you'll begin. Teachers will be saying, I cannot imagine working anywhere else. Mm. Substitutes will come in and say after the end of the day, I never want to substitute a different high school Well, because everybody cares so much.
0: So how do you, how do you get started? Let's say someone listening is at a good school. It's a good school. Test scores are fine. There's no major problems. They haven't dealt with tragedy like you experienced early in your career. And yet, yeah, there's some agitation inside them. What is you know? Wow, wow, what could be different? How could I? What What could a great school look like? So, how do you start this process? What's the What's the kickstart?
1: Well, there's a couple of ways to go about that. Mm-hmm. Many principals will say they've had some mentoring or they have some communication with role models. Mm-hmm who they will interact with to help advise them. And that's yeah. good, I had that. I yeah. had some great role models. But I, I, I will say, <laughs> and I was a good principal. I, I, was, I was a good principal. Mm-hmm. I just, people said you're a good principal. Mm-hmm. Um, f- early on, but what I learned I had to learn over the course of 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you and I, Scott, mm-hmm. have this little business. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, you've come at it from working. You intimately know what it takes for um, uh, kids of a certain age into adulthood and yeah. adults to flourish. You yeah. know that you studied it, you have the data, you have the experience, you know Mm -hmm. that. I know that too, Mm -hmm. but I also know how an organization has to function in order to foster that Yeah. And all of the challenges, I know every speed bump, I know every pitfall, Mm -hmm. I know every obstacle, I know what happens when teachers will say, we don't wanna buy into this, I know how unions work, I know how contracts work, I know how budgets work. Mm -hmm. So all of the things that stand in the way Of actually going from good to great, mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. and I'm not just, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm not being arrogant. Yep, I, I'm saying I learned the hard way. Right, I ended up as chief negotiator for the district. Mm-hmm. I was oversaw the employee of 2,500 people. I mentored 17 principals. Hmm. I know what people face, so I would say the first, very first thing is a principal needs to recognize that it's healthy to. Um, with assistance, Hmm. I would say, I would offer, give us a chance to sit down with you. Yeah. Give us a chance, give us an hour to sit down with you and see if we can't um, do a preliminary agreement on how to um, get an admin team functioning extremely well around vision and values. Yep. Which, even if you have a good admin team, and I've had really good ones, I've had mediocre ones, you can never spend too much time discussing Hmm. vision and values and how to implement them on campus, how to prioritize our work, to create a high-functioning admin team. I don't care how good a principal thinks their admin team is, I bet you, you can improve and your vice principals will be extremely thankful for that. So I think that's a place to start.
0: Have you ever seen a principal do that too much? Talk too much, too often about vision and values?
1: Ah, uh, have I ever seen a principal talk about vision and values too much?
0: Can you go overboard?
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know a principal. It's <laughs> a good question. I've known a lot of principals. Uh-huh. I offhand. Um, I don't know how you have the time. <laughs> I don't know how long you'd last if you're not doing the grunt work of keeping things going well. Right. I mean, we have to evaluate teachers. We right. have to be at sporting events. I mean, you I don't know how you do that. Right. If you isolate yourself, perhaps, and you live in the clouds, but right. I, don't, I don't think you'd last too long yeah. as a principal. Um, I think I, I think vision has to be tempered by the means to carry out the vision. And I work, when I work mm. uh, mentoring principals and assistant principals, and I've done that a great deal in my career and since retiring, um, I say that vision is always works hand in hand with providing the means to achieve the vision. Yeah. So vision without means yes. is just noise. It's noise. It's head in the clouds. Uh, it's just dream. Right. Yes. That doesn't get anybody yeah. anywhere. Yep. So, uh, you know, I say the trees and the forest. You may be good at you're know, over the canopy and say, "Hey, it's a great forest down there." Right. But you get up, you know, you get down in the weeds.
0: Yeah. So your answer is yes. You can talk too much about vision values. You if can. You're not no, grounded I'm, in reality.
1: I'm about. How do I'm we do all this? about achieving expectations, Scott. Uh-huh. I, I cheat, That's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. How how get an organization to get to the point of achieving yep. high expectations? Right. Okay. Visions are not wannabes. Mm -hmm. visions are not I want this school to Mm -hmm. be I want the kids visions or hope hope. that's even even worse than perhaps it's good it's (laughs) got to be hope there's got to be more but those get lost in the mist yeah the fog of war Mm -hmm. its vision is expectation Mm -hmm. we expect to be at this place we expect all 700 of our graduating 18 year olds that we yeah. got as 13, 14, we will expect them to demonstrate these right. characteristics, yeah. skills, yeah. behaviors, we yeah. expect
0: them. And be able to respond clearly and confidently, given enough time to some questions about life. Because we're talking about transformation, human flourishing. So human flourishing isn't just about skills and competencies, knowing things. It's also about having a sense of self, yeah. a sense of your own values. Yeah. So do you hope and wish that some of your kids would have that clarity? Or do right. you expect that every single graduate, you'd be able to sit down with them and give them enough time, ask them some core life questions. Who Tell me about yourself. Tell me about how your childhood has shaped who you are. Tell me about what's most important to you. Tell me about your plan for the future. Tell me about your talents and your interests. And that they would have clear answers. What about. have you
1: demonstrated expertise at? Yeah. You're an adult now. What have you demonstrated? Yeah. What do you feel good that you are very competent in actually doing? Yeah you know um, there's a so that the pushback on that is um, someone listening to go, Brad Scott that's yeah you know, okay that's nice you know right. you expect yeah. all that you know but it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. and that's
0: true mm-hmm. not gonna happen right we have kids fall falling in the cracks absolutely I mean it happens Yep. you can't make kids do this stuff
1: <laughs> and some a small percent you know they a small percent actually will, they'll choose a criminal life. Mm-hmm. Or they'll choose, they'll mm-hmm. make bad choices and yep. it, it doesn't work. Or the circumstances of their foundational environment
0: yeah. is totally opposed to them ever getting there. So trauma, I mean, you know, home
1: situations, so yeah. But I it know. doesn't mm-hmm. take away from the expectation. Right. It doesn't dilute the conversation right. by 100% of the staff. Yep. Classified, teaching, administrating, yep. To expect these outcomes. Yep, yeah, because we have high standards. Yeah, I shook mm-hmm. every single graduate's hand. I stood at the bottom of the stage mm. as they received their diplomas from the school board, the superintendent. Mm. I stood at the bottom of the steps. Behind me was lined up. It's like an honor line mm. of uh, team leaders. We're all dressed in gowns. Yeah. So I was. The f- they had to walk, get by me, uh-huh. shake my hand. Um, and then they passed through the honor guard of people that cared about them. Hmm. And it was a symbolic moment. Yeah. And part of me said, in shaking each one's hand mm-hmm. at the bottom of the step as they got off, hmm. and some would give hugs and, or yeah. high fives, yeah. but it's a rite of passage. Yeah. And I failed. Mm-hmm. I always failed. Mm. At failures apart. When we're yeah. leaders, we always fail. Yeah. We fail. We lose. We lose. But you know what? In a nurturing and caring environment, we get lifted up. Mm -hmm. And we keep our eye on the prize Mm -hmm. because we have lives at stake. Good is not acceptable. I never want to say to a kid, I hope you think I did a good job. (laughs) No. No coach of a team says, our goal at the beginning of the season is to be good. I want you to be a good football player, a good tennis Mm -hmm. player. I want you to be the best you can be out there. So, um, it takes teams. It takes learning how to develop teams. Um, It takes you learning how to see differently
0: and how to see abstract things as though they're real, touchable, tangible things that you can push and pull on and you can do. So leaders, as you're listening, as you feel maybe overwhelmed, confused, maybe in the back of your mind. Oh, which I've been. Yeah, yes, we all are. We all have conversations in our head of what we should have been doing or or uh, fake arguments or defenses. I'm doing the best. We, we believe you're doing the best you can. However, to your point, uh, you need help. You need someone to guide you to see what's actually real and how to see what could be. So in many ways, this conversation as you've led us to is, uh, is a request for you to consider a conversation with us we'd love to come partner with you in your school and help your school transform from good to great.
1: And, and the joy that actually comes from realizing how that garden has bloomed beyond yeah. your expectations, right. beyond your expectations. Mm-hmm. You're surprised by joy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It actually happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm the guy that was in tragedy. Yeah, I've been surprised by joy.
0: Mm.
1: When I've been surprised by joy, when teachers who were almost retired on the job—they mm. could be retired on the job in the mid-30s. Yeah, right. This is what it is. Right. In their second or third year out of this process, I've had them come into my office with tears in their eyes hmm. and said, Brett, I had no idea it could be this good. Hmm. I had no idea this could be this good. Yeah. yeah. And, and seeing the transformation that can occur right. with this process it's it's a that's why i'm doing this in retirement right yes you know i'm not gonna (laughs) charge a lot of money because it's a really cool thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you want to hear you know the purpose of this podcast is not necessarily to sell i'm actually giving some wisdom yes school hard knocks wish i knew as a first-year principal what i know now yeah um would have saved me a lot of grief yeah so um yeah it's never too late
0: There's a school we're working with here locally and a teacher who's been there 27 years just came in. We're in the very beginning of this process of culture change, culture transformation. And he said to the principal, I haven't felt this hope. We haven't felt this hopeful since 2003, that was 15, 16 years ago. Uh, So it is possible following a roadmap, doing hard work. You can transform the culture of your school.
1: And we're working with a principal who's mm-hmm. been a principal yeah. at several schools. Yep. Um, his resume speaks well, yep. and he's. What would he say, Scott? What would he say about what, what, what's we're, happening?
0: This is it. <laughs> he's saying this is the path. This is how you change a school.
1: And he's saying, I just didn't yep. know. Yeah. Which yep. I mean, there, there's some humility there.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. I I still learn all the time Mm -hmm. I I don't have all the answers but um, uh, this is good stuff so you started with is it about culture? yeah it's about Mm -hmm. culture Mm -hmm. it's about transforming cultures because lives are at stake Yeah, and we're all we're in the human being business Scott Mm -hmm. we're in the human being business and human beings grow we're transforming
0: and every kid has the potential to be successful every kid deserves an opportunity to construct a meaningful life for themselves
1: yes and we're here to Got everything we can to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good conversation. Yeah, thanks, Brad.
0: Hey, thanks for joining in on the U School podcast. We'd love to share with you the resources available on our website at uschool.com. Not just articles, ebooks, worksheets, and other podcast episodes, but specifically, you should know about a free course we have available called the Real Me Course. It's digital, it's interactive, and it'll guide you to get clear about who you are and the great story you could tell with your life. So go register for a free account and get started on the Real Me course today at theuschool.com. That's theuschool.com.